Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the I Think It's a Classic podcast. I'm Tannis Gale, and I'm joined again by my co-host, John Brummer. John, how you doing today? I am doing fat. I am <laughs> just getting fatter, and uh, I, I think I'm fine with this. I, I There's nothing else. I, I don't know. I, I, I've just accepted it. <laughs> All right on. I'm getting lazy, so yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I've, I've definitely done a lot more of that. That is part of why I'm getting fatter. Also, the, uh, the big part of that is, is you know, that I'm eating a lot more because I'm not doing as much, and then I'm laying, around, I'm waking up at like eight in the morning, still laying around on the couch, and then I'm like, oh, I should eat all of this candy I bought. And then I'm like, oh, you know what good with go good with all that candy? Uh hot dogs and chips. And then you know what would get go good with all of that? Hamburger helper. <laughs> well, at least you're helping something at the end. The hamburger. To get to your tummy and turn into poop. Yeah, I uh I, I do have to say that I was uh <laughs> I was talking to my son last night. And he said something along the lines of, you're one of the better cooks that I know. And I said, that's really sad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, all I've cooked is, you know, box pasta and hamburger helper and macaroni and cheese and, you know, the occasional. Well, not, they have, it really hasn't gone much more than that. You know, I'll, I'll sometimes break up my real culinary skills and, and cook us up like a grilled cheese, like like a ham melt sandwich uh one night i did tuna melt sandwiches but i fucked up and put too much uh mayonnaise in it and so it was mostly just a mayonnaise and grilled cheese sandwich with a little hint of tuna Ooh, yummy <laughs> yeah it was wet <laughs> that's disgusting <laughs> it kind of was although it wasn't that bad <laughs> sure it was the only thing in the house so that's what you kept on telling <laughs> yeah. yourself as you choked back the vomit with every bite no i, I mean mayonnaise is good it was just it's it was just spicy <laughs> yeah so spicy. That's the spicy mayonnaise <laughs> oh god <laughs> direct all angry letters to i am tannis gale at gmail.com hey how did you know my business email address <laughs> Because you're a simpleton. <laughs> That's my secret e email address that I, uh, s you know, use up for all my porn accounts. <laughs> I, uh, I, I do have to say something. All fifty-seven about this whole... of them. <laughs> I do have to say something about this the whole COVID nineteen quarantine thing. Um, as I've been lazier and getting fatter, I've been watching a lot more TV than I usually would, uh, especially TV with commercials in it. And um, if there's one thing that this whole thing, this whole situation that we were all in has taught me, um, that is that pizza places are fucking disgusting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I never thought that a big selling point for a pizza place is, hey, we don't touch your pizza anymore. We're disgusting, <laughs> so we decided to stop doing that. <laughs> oh. No longer do we run our hands along your pepperoni. 
Usually we would kick our hands in shit and then we'd roll the dough, but we've stopped. So please start ordering again. <laughs> oh man. I just, I can't believe how many advertisements are. We don't touch your food anymore. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I'm already tired of all the, uh, the commercials that are like, we're in this together, so we donated $10,000 to our employees over this troubled time. Which is, yeah. far, which is far less than this ad time cost us, you know, to brag to you about what we just did. But. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm getting tired of hearing about how much everybody cares. Uh, hey, you John, know. did you know we're all in this together? I, I did and not even though we're apart, I watch TV. We can do this together. Yeah. Did you know that while you may not be thinking about Burger King, they're thinking about you? <laughs> and that's why they've partnered with another corporation to make sure that their flow of income stays steady through this crisis. I mean, I get it because if they don't, if the if these companies don't exist, then we don't have jobs, you know? So whatever. It just feels a little ham-fisted. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like when um they made it a rule that you couldn't have trans fats in your products anymore and then doritos being one of the first companies to really follow that they started you know po putting on the uh the, the packaging we're trans fat free as if they decided to do that on their own and weren't forced to do it by law <laughs> yeah it's like all the stuff that comes out that's like it's like oh fucking um now i can't think of a good example god damn it I don't know enough about food. Somebody's going to say, well, that has a gluten in it. But, you know, <laughs> stuff that never had gluten in it in the first place well, is like gluten free. Yeah, okay. And it's like, yeah, that was always the case. <laughs> I got I got some some examples for you. Uh, I was about to say gummy bears, rice? but I'm like, I don't fucking know. Uh, gummy bears don't have. Uh, well, I don't actually I don't know. But See? I know that like <laughs> things like licorice, they claim, you know, they they put on their packaging that they're gluten free. Uh uh, fruity pebbles which is a rice cereal which does not have any wheat in it it started putting on the packaging gluten gluten free <laughs> yeah um, there you go There's I, one. I know all this stuff because i worked at target that soul sucking job for way too fucking long i mean when it does make people, sense i mean I, when we get back from our when, when we get back to gluten cast after our commercial break we'll um talk about this more <laughs> But fucking, yeah, um, well, I guess it does make sense from a standpoint. Say, you don't have to look at ingredients if you have some dietary restriction, but it's just silly. It's like, wouldn't you already know that if that was your thing? It's just to catch yeah, the you, trend hoppers. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I'll say one more thing and then I'm getting the fuck off this subject. Yeah. But, uh, when I tell people that I worked at Target for 11 years, they're like, wow, you must have been like you know, Mr. CEO, you probably own the company after being with them for that long. I was like, nope, I was still just a regular employee and I got minimal raises. I, I only made $3 an hour more than when I started there when I quit. <laughs> so that's, that's one of those things where I, uh, I just, I look at that and I go, wow, I, uh, I don't feel good about myself. <laughs> Well, we're here to make you feel good about yourself because you picked a good album today, John. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, this album makes me feel good about myself. Yeah. I mean, it really, it really doesn't make me feel good about myself. It, it makes me feel angry, oh. angry inside. Does it make you want to just like throw on your jean coats and get on your skateboard and just? Exactly. I just want to thrash. Just want to thrash. Just there, that's thrash. the word I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to thrash. I want to flip off my dad, and just like not care. Exactly. Also, drink Mountain Dew. <laughs> Extreme. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about the Deftones' second full-length album, Around the Fur, which was released October twenty-eighth, nineteen ninety-seven, and was recorded at Studio Litho in Seattle, Washington, by Terry Date, who recorded their first album as well as uh, their self-titled one, I believe, the one after. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Facts. Before we do that. What have you been listening to lately? Oh. Um, let's see. A whole lot. So I'm going to have to cheat and go to my Spotify history here. Oh, yeah, that's right. I went on a huge Yesu kick where I listened to uh, uh, pretty much everything that's available on Spotify from that band because I really like them. And I was having a super long gaming session where I just listened to that. So... That's one of the things I've been listening to. The other thing I've been listening to is uh, Bosk. Have you ever heard of Bosk? I don't think so. They're uh, a really like heavy and pretty kind of like post-rock metal band. Like, I don't know. It's, it's fantastic. I think you'd really dig it. I'll uh, send you a link to check out their album, the one that I've been liking more, uh, Audio Noir. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think you, I think you'll did really you, dig uh, it. Did you ever listen to that song I sent you by Rivers of Nihil? No, because I suck. I totally yeah, forgot I about it. <laughs> and I, I mean, you may not dig it, but I, I think that there's there's so much good. I mean, a lot of that album is actually really kick ass, which is to say so because I'm not super into a lot of. Um, a lot of like kind of uh i, I don't want to say it's like deathcore but like just death metal in general is not my most favorite thing right um so it, the fact that these guys really you know, made an impact on me is saying something um I, uh, I I I think you should listen to it at right after this. May, maybe uh, maybe like almost immediately after we get done. Maybe maybe I will. Is so? Is that all you've been listening to? Um. Oh, is this it right here? Oh, this song, huh? Which song? Oh, I'm playing Rivers of Night Hill right now. You can't hear it. Oh. <laughs> okay. That's some pretty fast. Ooh, chuggy, chuggy, chug, chug. Oh, Are here you we go. Listen to the Are whole we, song yeah, we're gonna right listen now? to six and a half minutes. Here we go. Chuggy, chug, okay. chug, chug, chug. Stop it! Stop it! Okay. Stop it! I was hoping to get to the lyrics so then I could uh, just be like, I can't even understand what he's saying. <laughs> anyway, um. So is that all on the what you've been listening to lately? Um, yeah, with a little bit of like the you know the same old same old thrown in there like Boris, 
this I listen to pretty much every week. Um, oh, I went back and listened to the what, like latest three, like the last three Neurosis albums. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, uh, Fires Within Fires, uh, Honor Found in Decay, and Given to the Rising. And I really, yeah, found a new love for those. So those are going to be listened to a lot more than I have ever listened to them, I think, in the future. And then Amon Ra, who was a band that I saw with Neurosis and Converge a couple of years ago. Um, mm. I went and just played through their whole discography during another gaming session. Because spare time is the useless currency of the day right now. I've got a bunch <laughs> of it. So, there was a question, well, actually, I will preface that with what, the, I, I had a nice surprise. Um, one of the things I've been doing while I've been gaming is mm. using my uh, Echo more often, my Amazon Echo, mm. and uh, especially since I discovered I could hook it up to my Apple Music. Um, the neat thing about that is, is when I tell Alexa to play, uh, my Apple music, she will play mostly stuff from my library, but then it'll throw in stuff that, that, um, is kind of, you know, similar to a lot of the, you know, other stuff that I've been listening to. Okay. Um, so every so often, all of a sudden I'll hear something. I'm like, I've never heard this before. Uh, and one of those songs that they, that they played was a song called um creature feature by meat bodies so i really liked that it reminded me of like uh man who sold the world era bowie mm -hmm. um like kind of width of a circle but like you know that well pretty fuzzed out the guy has like a that era bowie kind of voice they, they kick a lot of ass actually and um I was kind of annoyed that I hadn't heard of them. This album came out like three years ago. So I've been making up lost time with that. Now, that's the the stuff that I've been listening to. You had a question for me before we started this. So you might as well ask it now so I can explain to you and everybody in the class what what I was doing, or oh, what I meant by what uh, I sent you. Oh, okay, okay. We're going to try to translate this joke to... So, uh, um, I don't, I, you, you sent me this picture just I, that I didn't respond to because I had better things to do. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> like every day of my life that I've ever sent you uh, anything. It was of Led Zeppelin and there's, they were just like standing there on stage playing. Like it was weird because even John Bonham was standing and I was like, how is he playing the drums? But <laughs> Uh, but no, no, they were all just playing on stage, and it said, "This was my favorite moment from Chunky." Is that what it said? Yes. So this weekend, um, one of the things that I was very excited about uh, leading up into this weekend was um, uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard released their live movie called Chunky Shrapnel. Um, and, uh, it was only available because it originally was supposed to go to theaters, which is not possible now. Right. Um, it was going to make its way around in some theaters, but they, since that all got canceled, they released it as a $10, uh, uh, download rent type thing on Vimeo, but it was one night only. And so I, I, uh, 
snagged that shit as uh, quickly as I could to make sure I didn't forget about it and miss my chance to see it right now. It's a it's a pretty um, it's a pretty awesome live movie. It's a live rendition. I thought that you had heard about this, you know, because I thought you weren't a poser when it came to King Gizzard, but apparently I was fucking wrong. Um, so yeah, poser, that's, yeah. I mean, yeah, I thought you knew. dude, I, 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 I've told you this your whole life. Limp Biscuit is better than everyone. Okay. <laughs> I just, I just, <laughs> it's just, you know, I, I believe that, but am I better than everyone? When I look in the mirror, that's, that's what I ask. That's what Fred Durst asks himself every day. And more and more, the world has told him no. Anyway, what was this movie um, about? What were they doing? So a bunch it was, of songs? A, yeah, it was, it was a live, uh, um, the 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 oh, cool. director right, or whatever followed on. them around for two weeks, and <laughs> the 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 there's some scenes where they kind of have that that color scheme as in that as in that that shot of uh, Led Zeppelin, and so someone was making a joke. I sent it to you thinking that you would get it, you didn't. But yeah. this is my chance to talk about how I was. Yeah, excited. Keep it on your fucking and, King Gizzard Lizard Wizard fan meme page. <laughs> the fuck is this? I don't send you wrestling memes, motherfucker. Yeah, because I don't like wrestling. Well, if I liked wrestling, I would expect you to send me wrestling memes. I don't like King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard anymore. You stupid son they of a bitch. They haven't like, put out anything out. new, and they're just pretty irrelevant to me at this point. They burnt. <laughs> yeah. They they yeah. as a fan, I get I get burnt out really quick, and you know, they I just yeah, I've, they've lost me. I haven't heard any new music in what eight months now. Fuck. <laughs> I know it's it's an eternity in in the Giz world. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a fuck, I'm not gonna be a, one of those fucking Tool fans for this band. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Speaking of that, I saw a headline the other day that said that Tool is uh, working on a new EP during the lockdown, and then I sent a message to my dad that said, apparently Tool thinks this lockdown is going to last 15 years. <laughs> How? hey yo, hey yo. Uh, I mean, I'm right. you know, that's cool that Tool's doing that, but much like Bono writing a song for Italy, they don't have to do Nobody asking for that yeah i mean it'd be nice if the if bands would just make music regularly you know i mean <laughs> that'd be nice if uh, tool just of, hung it up yeah i mean uh, that's fine that's fine with me too although there, there were some interesting moments on there was some interesting moments and some moments that made me never want to listen to the the new album again so <laughs> that i guess i've got mixed feelings on it um I, I I love them live. I mean, seeing them live is is a very visceral uh, experience, visually and uh, um, sound wise. Yeah, but have the, has sound... has their singer ever climbed out of a toilet like the Bizkit? Uh, shit, you're you're right. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. Yep, that's what I thought. Anyway, so today's album is. Is Deftones Around the Fur released October 28, 
seven and was recorded at Studio Litho in Seattle by Terry Date, uh, who recorded their first album, Adrenaline, uh, along with the follow up <laughs> to White Pony. Uh, and maybe he recorded White Pony too. I don't remember. Anyway, <laughs> I don't think he did. Anyway, because I think the self titled one was uh, a return to, uh, you know, recording a with Terry Date. To- a return to innocence. Oh no, he recorded White Pony as well. Okay, I was wrong. Oh, there yeah. We well, maybe you should stop being wrong, poser. Yeah, well, I'm not the Deftones fanboy I once I once was. I no longer have a, a Deftones visor or a polar fleece. So you still have the Deftones tattoo on your face, though. <laughs> you know, I never got the White Pony tattoo that I always told myself I was going to get when I was younger. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I haven't gotten pretty much any of the tattoos I told myself I was going to get when I was younger, and I feel like I'm better for that. You got one of them. I got one of them, but yeah. there was a lot more. Yeah, turns a lot of heads nowadays, I'm sure. Nah, not really. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it... What I the fuck? Oh, actually- they're hammers, okay. <laughs> I, think it, I think before Waters seriously started going on tour again, um it turned a lot more heads back then uh, because there wasn't a lot of, there were, weren't a lot of people with shirts and stuff that had the, the, the logo on it. But once he started going on tour, pretty much all yeah. the shirts he, he printed, they all had those. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like you and I were kind of, it seemed like more on the forefront of that band kind of being revived as some, legendary act especially with more in the in the vein of the wall being revived and looked at as this like oh shit there's this whole movie and this great double album that i mean was well known and whatever but you know the 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 thumb was snubbed at pink floyd for a long time especially as the Mm -hmm. you know 90s carried on and the david gilmore version was kind of lame give or take some songs and yeah like I don't know. I remember um, getting a lot of <laughs> like I had this. Do you remember that Pink Floyd the Wall shirt that I had that was like the soldier in the graveyard in front of the cross, and then on the back it was the cross with the blood running down it. Ah, uh, probably. Yeah, um, but I would wear that shirt, and people would be like, "Oh yeah, my dad likes that band." I'm like, "Don't, don't you though?" Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, my, my favorite one would be when people would see me wearing my Pink Floyd shirts, they'd go, I love Pink Floyd. He's... His music is great. <laughs> He's a great songwriter. And then I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody. The only anymore. time you're allowed to say that is if, like all you've seen is the movie The Wall. Then you're allowed to say, yeah, he, uh, you know, because he is a character in that movie. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, John, anyway, uh, why did you pick this album? This album? Because... Uh, I mean, I think this is a classic album. I think this is their best album. I was less of a fanboy of the Deftones um, than you were, but I do think that they have some really great stuff when it comes to stuff that came out of the late 90s in the metal world, which is commonly referred to uh, as new metal. Um, I think this band and System of a Down are the only good things that came out of that scene, and everything else can fuck off, and anyone who wants to argue with with me about it can fuck off, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is, I think, definitely the highlight of 
their career. This is my favorite album by them. I think it's their best album. This 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 album um, came out at a time when they were still fresh and they still had a lot to say. Uh, and uh, I wasn't completely tired of shitty new metal yet. Um, but this one has stuck around with me um, even through all of the other fucking bands that just made me hate that genre so much. Yeah, they're kind of a... They've always been, like, even though they're kind of lumped in with the new metal stuff, everybody's always kind of considered them, like, a separate thing. Like, they've always been the asterisk of, new metal sucks, well, I mean, but the Deftones, you know, Deftones, you know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. No, no, no. You know, because they weren't quite rap metal, and they weren't quite bitchy Jonathan Davis, whatever the fuck that shit was. And and if it and and what little was rapping from them, which there exists none of on this album. Um, oh, there no, there's a little bit. I, I well, you'll have to point it out to me, and then we'll argue about yeah. it. But <laughs> but um, I I it never like. Oh, okay, you're right. In head up, that's right. Yeah, there's totally. <laughs> yeah, but it just yeah. Yeah, but the, even then, like, it doesn't <laughs> sound like rapping to me. It's yeah. like. Tito had enough of a unique voice that it's just like, well, this is just him like talking instead of singing or, or screaming. And I don't know. There, it was, yeah, this band did a lot of things right that a lot of other bands with the same formula did completely shitty and wrong. Exactly. Like, like unless you were listening to this album on headphones, like you would be surprised to learn that they had a DJ. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I I kind of forget that they do, and then I see live footage, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, we'll just forget about that. Yeah, there's only one song where he has like real like hard scratches in it, and it's on White Pony, and it's so over the top that I think that like the record label was like, you gotta do something more like that, and they were like, okay, wukuk. <laughs> 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 yeah there there is not a lot of uh, that that's a nice thing i mean even though he was you know they had a dj there wasn't a lot of overtime and and in particularly this period of time in music any rock band that was trying to be like hey we're cool and we're hip and we like rap too they had record scratches up the fucking ass even even the song teenage uh um teenage dirtbag by uh uh what the fuck uh w we weenus weedus weedus even that song had a kajillion records smash mouth all star everybody fucking used uh record scratches i'm i'm sure if jethro (laughs) toll whatever jethro toll album that they made in the late 90s probably had fucking record scratches i don't know because i stopped listening to jethro toll some time a long time ago and, and they're they're only good up to about 76 anyway so um yeah but i it, everything had fucking record scratches in it and so it's it's nice that this album really doesn't <laughs> yeah well um i i would like and um don't crucify me too hard for this comparison because I'm not using it in so much of a way of uh oh like he 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 broke as much ground or did as much with his role in the band but Frank Delgado the DJ kind of more served a Brian Eno role you know as yeah. just like background noises and cool atmospheric shit uh yeah yeah 
a lot of the times Eno was a little more over the top with some of his, you know, stuff. Like in remake, remodel, it's just some weird like yeah. <laughs> It's just like, okay, calm down. Brian Ferry's just like, hey, could could you could you not do that? Hey, I wrote this really <laughs> catchy piano line and then it's like Every time I do a Brian Ferry impression, I always do fucking David Byrne. I don't know why. Here I am they in Roxy Music. <laughs> anyway. I'm British. Um, <laughs> this, this album kicks a lot of ass. Yeah, it um, does. It does. It, I, uh, it, this is one of the rare bands that we've actually... I, I was thinking about it in the you know while i was listening to this album and stuff and i was like oh you know kind of sucks that i've only seen this band once and then i went oh wait no no i've seen them twice and and the second time well the first time i saw them was in 1998 at the warp tour which was i mean that was pretty much the highlight of the day they they fucking you know chino was still kind of in shape and and he uh you know the whole time he spent on the the well he's uh, looking the, good the again beats. nowadays he he had that slump period <laughs> around saturday night wrists that yeah. you know um and then i forgot that we saw them together well it was almost 20 years later yeah right fast um, yeah right fest in chicago 20, 2016. And that was the only time i've seen him yeah that's surprising yeah it just it just never ended up happening for one reason or another and then there was just a few years where i just after the self-titled album i just kind of fell off honestly and stopped giving a shit honestly yeah, until until right before gore came out you told me to get into koi no yokon and Oh, was... Koi no Yokon is a fantastic album. Yeah, and then I really liked it, and I was just like, oh, you know, I, I, why did I, you know, I forgot that I, 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 I don't know, I went through a period of hipsterness, I'll admit, and then I'll, you know, I finally hit that adult way of thinking about music. I was like, I just like shit. Why do I, you know, why do I, why do I have to, like, pre pretend like it's uncool to just like some of the shit that I like, that I honestly want to listen to, you know? I'm gonna fucking, you know... Yeah, I don't know, and so yeah. I got more into I mean, I, stuff like the Deftones. De I'm always gonna say the. I know it's fucking not, but I'm always gonna say. I know. The. I always say the Deftones. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, and then I discovered Diamond Eyes, which blew me away. That album is fantastic, and I was it was crazy for me to find out that I think Revolver put it on their best like metal album of the 2010s list. Like it was their number one. It was either Revolver oh, wow. or Loudwire or Metal Sucks. One of those three. But yeah, I, I I was kind of blown away by it. But their reasoning for it was pretty fucking good. Like, and I had to agree with them. Like, there is some great shit on that album. Diamond Eyes yeah. is fantastic. But we're not here to talk about Diamond Eyes. Let's see, we are a half hour <laughs> in, and we have not even started on track one. Yay! So yeah, you said why you like this album. You saw them in 1998, right after this album came out, when they were touring for it, which was pretty fantastic. Yep. And. Like, I'm pretty sure they opened with my own summer. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, it's that is a show opener. It's a lot of the times bands don't do that, but this is definitely yeah. Um, what did they open with when we saw them? Do you remember? Um, I can look it up. Oh, they played uh, Rocket Skates off oh, of okay. Diamond Eyes. They didn't play anything 
They they played my own summer. Oh wait, no, they played Be Quiet and Drive third, but until Digital Bath, which was on White Pony, like they didn't play anything but new shit until the ninth song. Yeah, they played I could, well, I, the last the last uh, five songs are Digital Bath, Knife Party, and Change, which are all from White Pony. Then yeah. My Own Summer, then Head Up, and yeah. Oh, okay. So anyway. Yeah. And you were gonna okay. Uh, so let me edit. I'm, we're gonna edit around this part. So let me yeah. uh, respond to what you're saying. Um, yeah, I'm looking it up here, and it is yeah. They played it. Uh, they didn't open with it, but they played it second to last when we saw them. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Well, and and I was happy that they they uh, that they played that one and another one that's probably one of the big he- highlights from the album. Which is, what do you say, Be Quiet and Drive or Head Up? Because I would say both of them. (laughs) Well, because, well, didn't you say Be Quiet and Drive was the third song they played? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Sorry, I misunderstood you. Yeah. But, um... Anyway. Yeah, let's just uh, hear a little bit of the super iconic My Own Summer parenthetical shove it. You know, we talk a lot of sh- on this show about uh, tracks being mission statements, and I think My Own Summer is another one. It's like the band was kind of saying, uh, after Adrenaline, like, thanks for sticking around, but hey, look it, we figured our shit out, and here it is. Yeah, um, when I was young, Adrenaline kicked a lot of ass. I- I've listened to it, you know, recently, and it didn't hold up as well for me. Um as it did when I was in middle school, um, you know, the, the production's a little weak and, and, you know, I, I, I couldn't really handle it. I mean, that one's a little bit more rap heavy. This is a fucking banger. This one comes straight out of the gate. I mean, right with that, those two d- drum hits and you just know something's different. They are more focused. They're more on it. They, I mean, and this song with the exception that, you know, there's certain people who, who act like this is the pinnacle of he- heavy music. Like, this is as heavy as it's ever going to get. Um, this song is, it, it fucking rules. I mean, this song is a great song. Um, I guess I just have a hard time sometimes. Like, I remember being in a certain group of people that all didn't have what I would consider great music taste, and they're all just, like, jamming to it. And I was like... but i can't help but like the song it it fucking rolls yeah it was a it's it's a fucking i think it's a classic (laughs) hey uh, (laughs) it's you know i was watching wedding crashers yesterday and uh, i kind of got annoyed by the amount of times they said wedding crashers in it because it's like hey we're saying the title of the movie (laughs) we have to work that in here somehow 14 times but (laughs) But yeah, yeah, this song so was one of those songs. Wedding Crashers, the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but this song was uh, one of those songs too that was super fun to learn on guitar when I first started playing guitar in high school. Yeah, it was it was super um, easy to pick up the tabs and be like, oh, I think I can figure this out. And when I did, it was like, uh, yes, I am the king of drop D. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, this one and uh, Be Quiet and Drive are ones. It was almost like our generation smoke on the water. <laughs> yeah, right. Kind of like bass players for a long time. They would uh, always play that one song by Tool after it came oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Schism? Uh, um that too but what's the other one uh oh 46 yeah yeah oh man yeah there i i i haven't thought about a lot of those riffs that um you know you know there there was ones that you know just over and over people would pick up guitars and they're like see yeah i i could play I always uh, knew that I wasn't uh, like along the same lines as some of the people that I hung out with in high school because we'd go to local shows and then, you know, that kind of thing would happen where the band would be warming up. So they'd play a few chords from a song that like, you know, from a popular band or whatever. And, you know, that's fine. It's pretty normal behavior. I'm not ragging on that. But like, you know, when some of the pop punk bands would warm up, all of a sudden, like somebody would hit this riff of like, and then like a bunch of people would go yeah and i'm like oh that must be a no effect song or something that i just <laughs> it always sounded like yeah. dun, 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 dun. And, oh yeah come on do that one do it i'm like i don't even, i don't know what it is but i'm gonna go yeah too uh, yeah you but, know I, yeah yeah, my own summer. I don't know. It's the quintessential Deftones track. It's yeah. It's definitely just yeah. If you wanted, to, if I was to have some people, somebody say, "What what does this band sound like?" I would send them this way. I would yeah. So. Yeah, and also, um, if if you're ever talking to me and my voice sounds completely blown out, just pretty much assume that I've been listening to this song. i can't help but just blow my voice out screaming along especially that that first just i mean it's just it's just a throat destroyer yeah 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 that's why i don't do that (laughs) (laughs) all right let's uh move on to the next song um which is uh seemingly titled after some female genitalia and we will hear a little bit of labia Yeah, I like this song. It's a nice, heavy and relaxed sounding banger. Like, this is what you would, yeah, you'd you'd smoke a bunch of weed and go to the skate park with your friends in 1998 to this song, I would imagine. I was a a square back then, so I didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, I never went to the skate park and I didn't smoke much weed back in high school. Um, But, uh... I definitely had the the anger and the angst. And one of the things that I always love about this album, especially a song like this, where it it gets to the point where there's a lot of like, you know, it it's it's got a lot of emotion in it, but it, you know, they 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 would hold back and then they would let loose and then they would hold back and then they would let loose. Um that was something that would uh 
that was something I didn't like a lot about the the new metal genre where it was just like, okay, now we're, you know, we're, we're going to bring the guitars back. It's just going to be bass. And now we're going to rap. And now it's going to, then, then now we're going to scream. And, yeah. It'll always be this corny thing. Gonna, well, they're too. Yeah. Be up inside. And I said, and you're like, no. Just echo exactly what the bass was doing. This this to me always felt so different. There there was uh, I think a much more understanding of of the the moments of um, calmness before the insanity. Maybe that's why this album has always you know resonated with me so much. Um, I think Chino understands the um, the calm before the storm. Yeah, you can definitely hear um, kind of that Robert Smith influence with 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 some of the the lyrics and melodies with his vocals, but then also like there's a heavy Mike Patton influence when his voice is getting all scratchy and he's just kind of doing that weird raspy, you know, kind of talking that turns into a scream. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah. And and another thing, too, is, I mean, as I was growing up, especially around this time, and you, whenever I would hear people talk about this band, they were always talking, you know, oh, Chino is just the best lyricist ever. And I, I never really cared what the vote, you know, the lyrics were. Mm-hmm. Um, so, some of it, you know, you, you had to know, you know, the the whole, you know, shove it, shove it part or, <laughs> you saying? know, um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, a lot of the times it's kind of like Mike Patton where um, what he's saying isn't exactly so much important, but the way he says it sounds cool. Yeah, Um, or like Jacob Bannon even. Exactly. It's like, here, here's a sentence that I wrote out on paper. Now let me do the vocals of it. And you're just like, okay, I guess. I mean, I, I know that Chino is singing more of the words that he wrote than Jacob Bannon did. <laughs> um, but uh, even still, you know, like, I, you know, I, 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 we've, we've talked about this many a times. I'm not someone who pays, you know, I don't know all the words to my favorite song. Right. Uh, sometimes I do, but uh, sometimes, especially like, you know, the way Chino sings, things are, are uh, drawn out where it doesn't sound like the, you know, the words he's saying aren't exactly what I hear in my head. Yeah. And I, um, yeah. And it's, it's, I don't know. It's a really important role for a vocalist that I think it's, gets lost in a lot of bands, but it's a really important role to just blend in with the rest of the band. And I, I, I totally feel like Chino is one of the best. I mean, speaking of mainstream rock bands, Chino is definitely one of the best at that. Like his vocals don't sound like this separate thing from the music, you know, or they, they don't well, exactly. sound like they're on top of it. It's all part of, it's all together. And yeah. Yeah. It all, it all melds well together. Although I, I think, um, probably for some reason, even though I've listened to this album more than coin, Yokan, I think I know the words better on Koino Yokan for some reason. I don't know. And well, it's maybe produced a little bit more better produced. and he's a better yeah. vocalist by that point in time. Oddly yeah. enough, because usually when you 
get past a certain tipping point, you end up being a shittier singer, but not Chino, like, not Steve Brodsky. <laughs> Remember, yeah. that guy was all worried about screaming, ruining his voice, and now he's just screaming in old man gloom and half of Mutoid Man songs, and he's still singing yeah. like a little bird. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was more... I don't think that there was actually a worry. I think he just was like... Uh, I want to I want to do something, you know, the, the, the problem with us musicians is that we get to a point where we're like, well, I really don't want to be told what to do. Yeah, well, I, th- and, well, I remember reading in an interview. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to not be able to sing when I'm older. I'd rather not just destroy my voice. And that was kind of before uh, metal vocalists warming up their voices was something that was taken seriously. Like, I yeah. think I think when when it came out that, like, that's what Danny Filth did, <laughs> a lot of people were like, oh, that's that's OK. Like, oh, wait, all these guys do that shit. Like, oh, <laughs> shit. All right. All right. And so even well, the death metal yeah, vocalists I, I, do that crap now. I still think that there was, you know, it was a, a big part of it. Like I said, you know, it's it's it's, uh, you know, we don't want to be told what to do. But he I think Stephen Brodsky wanted Caven to be more than a metal band. And so he used the excuse of, yeah, I don't want to like tear up my vocals. I I don't think it's like an excuse. I think it's like, here's a bunch of reasons. Here's one of them. Well, yeah. I mean, I I think that the the one that he gave was, I think it's a genuine concern. Relatable. Like, maybe he was hitting a point where he was touring all the time, just screaming like the way he was on Until Your Heart Stops. And he's like, I can't keep doing this and sing pretty. Like, I can't do both. Like, it's either one or the other. So. I'm going to choose to sing. I guess. I I still think it was more that he didn't want to play metal anymore or or at least cave into being known as just a... I mean, and that's kind of the direction that they went was more the poppy. Yeah. um, I don't think anything was an uh, excuse. Power pop stuff. I think think you're just still feeling burned by Jupiter, even though you like it. I'm feeling burned by what? Jupiter. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I, I... I, I think that Still you haven't mad. hung around as many musicians as I have and had as many arguments with guitarists and singers as I have. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah. At, at a certain point, well, you, you know, just John, go, you would shut the fuck up. You wouldn't be having these arguments if you just sit behind the fucking drum kit and play. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. If I would have just shut up and did what I was told, I probably would still be in the Jezebel diary and we'd probably still be playing to nobody and selling no records. <laughs> but you'd sell all your t shirts. Yeah. All fifteen that we had made. <laughs> yeah. Uh well, I heard there's another Suicide Girls contest going around, so I'll make sure to enter. Get the band back Is together. There? No, I don't know. <laughs> I thought that wasn't a thing anymore. Oh, I'm sure it's not. No. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, let's move on to the next song and uh hear a little bit of mascara. So as uh, all of our listeners very well know about us by this point, we like making fun of shit that we like. And this song contains the thing that I always like go to when I make fun of Gino's voice. Yeah. And, 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 and like some of the angstiness of some of his lyrics, the, I hate 
Your tattoos. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like he's like curled up on a ball in a ball, rocking back and forth on the floor when he's saying that line. <laughs> it's it, it is a little over dramatic. Yeah. But this is actually one of my favorite songs on the album. It's a it's a great song. I think it's a cool ballad, and it's full sensitive chino on display. And I think it's real. Uh, yeah, but it does. Like I said, I'm making fun of something I like. Yeah, um, the 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 one thing I think that this song actually is a is the best example of the the calm before the storm, the the quiet versus loud. Um, and I I actually think it's probably one of the most personal songs on the album. I even though you know for the most part I don't know everything that he's talking about the 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 one moment that always gets me on this album is that it's too bad you're married to me and then it kicks in i mean the, every single time yeah. especially uh, uh, most of the times that i'd be listening to this album uh would be after you know a breakup which you know if you've listened to this before or if you know me personally uh, there's a lot of those in my life. Um, so there's a lot of listens to this album, uh, mostly because it's very angry, you know, and, and those are the times that you're not the happiest. Truth. But, but uh, yeah, anyway. that when, whenever that part comes, I'm just like, yeah, to fuck yeah, Chino, you know, you know it. <laughs> he knows it. You know, you know, he knows, you know. You know, that's why they call him Chino, because he knows stuff. Yeah, exactly. And they're yeah. like, "Hey, do you know Chino?" They could they don't like, call him Chino. Don't know. <laughs> That's that should that should have been the joke I said first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. Anyway, let's move on to the next song, and uh, it's the title track, folks. Let's hear a little bit of "Around the Fur." Yeah, I I fucking love this song. It's rules. It's just catchy as hell. It uh, yeah, it's it's a great it's a great song and a great title track. What do you think of Around the Fur, John? I, I think song? I think it could be safely say that, said that this might be my favorite song on the album. I don't know. This one's a hard one because it you know, especially for an album that is just, you know, got these blasts of, of anger and and you know there isn't a lot of like there isn't a lot of like straight up melody and there isn't a lot of like i i think maybe this is one of the things that i liked about this album versus a lot of the other quote unquote new metal albums coming out at around the time, same time um they didn't um they didn't just stick to normal song structures they they weren't they didn't seem too worried about making it on to uh, TRL like Corn uh, eventually did with Got the Life and and you know the uh few other songs that that were huge hits off of that album um even with 
all of that like non-traditional song structure and and kind of lack of like you know real like pop melodies or or anything to really like you know i guess uh make this band an arena band there's still like major fucking hooks in this album and there's parts you know like we were talking with um uh the uh trail of dead album there's parts in this in these songs that make me just want to go back and listen to those specific parts uh you know it's you know sometimes there isn't a lot of uh you know sometimes there is a, a chorus that repeats itself too much uh but sometimes there isn't you know or sometimes there's a thing in there like a small little bridge or a pre-chorus or whatever that they only do once and i i have to go back yeah. and i have that's what brings me back um as I was about to say that, I was like, wait, you you had made fun of this band for repeating things until you can't repeat them anymore. And I was just making the opposite argument. <laughs> but um, No, that guy this, didn't start until White Pony. Oh, okay. This album, I was I was listening for that on this album and it doesn't really have it. Uh, yeah, I, they, they. I think maybe Labia is the only song that I felt that about. It's like yeah. we didn't we didn't have but, to do the last chorus. These songs are fairly concise. Yeah. Uh, most of them, um, you know, are in Be Quiet and Drive after the breakdown there. I mean, we'll get to that in a few songs. Yeah. That has a moment um, where I do feel like could have ended the song here. But anyway. I, yeah. Every every song on here is under five minutes, except for the longest song I have ever. Oh, yeah. The, that was their, their foray into that Swan Sunno territory. Anyway. 37 um, minutes, man. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 funny thing about this one song you, you know how when you're you're driving and yeah. you're you're blasting something and you're thinking you know hey maybe i'll drive by a really cute chick maybe whatever i'm listening to is gonna catch her attention and then we're gonna talk and then we're gonna you know fall in love and then we're gonna get married and we're gonna have lots of babies that never happens it like it never happens and you know since i was 16 i still have that expectation like you know i'm gonna be driving around i'm gonna be listening to something <laughs> fucking awesome i'm gonna be listening to converge and i'm gonna pull up into a parking lot to go buy some groceries and someone's gonna be like hey what you were listening to fucking awesome i love that band we're gonna be best friends never happens except for one time i was in the grocery store parking lot i was listening to this song and a really cute chick was walking, I think, with her boyfriend. <laughs> and uh, I was driving by them as I was going to park. And I, I mean, this song is just blasting. And I had the windows down because it was, you know, summer and it was hot. Uh, it was my own summer. Uh, <laughs> anyway, she's, she's looking at me like, fuck yeah, dude. And it, it made me feel good. That <laughs> happened like four years ago. And it still reminds me of that moment when I listened to the song. <laughs> oh, that's, that's how rare um, that, that that's super fantastic and sad. <laughs> anyway, anyway, the song fucking rules. Yep. I love it. And the end, the super heavy part at the end is just, yeah. Peak heavy deftones and yeah. Oh, I mean, this is another throat destroyer. Yeah. Come on. I mean, <laughs> when I would work at Target, uh, I would have, uh, there was a lot of the times that I would just listen to this whole album. A lot of the times I'd throw my, you know, a whole library 
into uh, shuffle. But whenever it would hit something off of this, I'm like, fuck it. I got to listen all of around the fur. Um, and I was working overnights at the time and I'd be in the back room pretty much by myself and I'd just walk around and I'd just be singing and I was trying to scream but not be heard but also like really get into it and fucking rock out uh this also reminds me of of being at Target and how terrible those fucking times were too <laughs> well I'm glad that it reminds you of good and shitty things I guess <laughs> yeah well one good thing and yeah. a lot of shitty things breakups working at target uh did, yeah <laughs> i'm glad i had this album because i probably would have gone insane <laughs> all right well let's move on to the next song and hear a little bit of rickets Man, this song makes me want to like put on my rollerblades and flip off the mall cops and go thrash some yeah, some bro. curbs and some planters. Just I'm gonna grind. Go down to hey, hey, you know I normally want to go down to Venice Beach and check out the chicks in bikinis, but dude, I'm I'm so much deeper now. I need to fucking just like get out this aggression, man. I just get out this aggression. I listen to this song. On my loudest speakers, so all my neighbors can hear, and then I do karate in the yard, so everybody knows how <laughs> how much I'm aggressive. Um, but no, this song's just pissed off and fun as hell. I've always liked yeah. this song. It this song is the perfect length. It's less than three minutes long, which is rare for a Deftone song, and it's just yeah, it's great. It's just yeah, raucous and loud and brutal and fun yeah it, it starts right out the gates just fucking punches you in the face um this i mean you know what this song kind of sounds like to me like it reminds me of one of those newscasts in the 90s like when it heavy, reminds you of what one of those newscasts in the 90s when uh heavy music was getting real popular and people would be like your kids might not want to tell you about the latest craze, and then you'd hear this song playing in the background, and you'd be like, it's called Slam Dancing or Moshing. <laughs> and this would be the song that's playing in the background as an example of heavy music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 well, actually, no, the, you're giving them too much credit. What they would be playing is Smells Like Teen Spirit or oh, fucking... Yeah. 1979 even flow yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> you know they would not have found this. <laughs> this this would be too too ruckus for their ears um but i mean you know even though like like i said you know that it's not like these guys are the heaviest band ever um this i mean the, it, there's so much more than just the riffs in the song and and the the pissed offness i mean there there are times when i'm just like yeah you know i chino knows he he knows he he i i've had all of those moments where i'm like i mean i i started this podcast off by talking about how much i'm eating 
you know, just getting down on yourself. You know, I eat too much. I piss too much. I, uh, you know, smoke too much. I, you know, yeah, it's like the, it's like that Dave stop. Matthews band song. Yeah, <laughs> I drink too much. I smoke too much. Dave was having a a, a huge Deftones phase at the time that he wrote that song. <laughs> too much. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. <laughs> oh boy, why did I have to bring that yeah. band up? Now I'm just thinking exactly. about that time that they got in trouble for dumping all their shit in the Chicago <laughs> River from their tour bus. Yeah, and it, like and it landed on top of like a boat of tourists or something. Oh, fucking. <laughs> Classic DBM. Classic Dave. We'll be right back. We'll we'll be back to two dudes talking about Dave Matthews Band after we finish this talk about. No, I am about to a little bit. Around the fur. I am about to a little bit. Do you remember? Have you ever? Did you watch Community? Yes. Do you remember that episode where they like were just talking about Dave Matthews Band a bunch during the episode, and everybody kept referring to him as Dave, like Dave Matthews Uh, fans do. And like Joel McHale was getting irritated, like you guys don't know him. You're not allowed to just call him yeah. Dave. <laughs> yeah, wasn't wasn't there like a a party at the end of that episode? And didn't they play the song too much? No, they played the song like ants marching, and everybody was just oh. singing along by going like <laughs> Like it was pretty funny. Uh, anyway, yeah, that show is. It is. Um, anyway, let's uh, keep we'll going. We'll be back from two dudes talking about community. <laughs> let's hear a message from our sponsors. I think it's a classic. And hear the next song they're about to review. Be Quiet and Drive. Parenthetical. Far away. And uh, we'll hear a little bit of that right now. How is everybody kicking so much ass on this song? I, uh, I don't know. One of the things that I love about this song, and it's always, I don't know. It, I, it, it's so simple. It's just that when, when you have that, that solo guitar riff in the beginning, and then it just kind of fades out and you hear Chino and it's just, it's almost silent. You hear him just go. Uh, yeah. Like, like he's, he's working up the energy to, you know, th- this is going to be, it's like, he's like, guys, this is going to be rough. We're, we're going to, we're going to get pretty deep, but we're going to get pretty sad. Okay. We're, we're going to, we're going to make you feel things again. So just buckle in and, and, and be quiet. Really, I, I always thought that it was like when he got in the vocal booth, they just like turned the AC on all the way real quick and he got all cold. <laughs> He's just like, <gasps> oh. He's like, guys, this is, I, I can't feel my fingers, guys. <laughs> I just, I, I love the idea that Chino 
He's, hey guys, I got a new song. <laughs> like, dude, okay, we, we you're in this band because you kick ass as a vocalist, but could you not talk ever? <laughs> yeah, and he guys! he was all freezing in the vocal booth, and his little dread snapped off like Sanka coffee and Cool Runnings. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh... But uh, anyway. anyways, this is the first uh, Deftone song I ever heard, and I instantly fell in love. It was like one of those, like, I remember going around and seeing in magazines and, you know, um, like, you know, the big Hot Topic t-shirt displays before I started buying music on my own. And, you know, you'd see pictures of bands, I'd see pictures of corn, and it was like, oh, that, those guys look kind of cool. They're all like wearing Adidas. I guess that's kind of cool. And then I'd see pictures of Marilyn Manson and Cole Chamber, and I was like, okay, that shit ain't for me. Um, <laughs> that th shit is scary. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's scary. No, no. Uh, fucking, um... But then I'd see, like, the picture of the Def or Deftones, and I they just looked like the most normal guys, which put on a in an air of, like, oh, they these seem like the most genuine band out of all these guys, and, um... Then upon hearing this song, I was like, oh yeah, okay, this is for me. Like, I just thought they looked cool. Yeah. And every other band, like, you know, I don't, I listen to tons of bands that are just white guys and I don't mind. It's not a big deal. But, um, it was something cool about, like, seeing Deftones and being like, wait, like, there's, it's like, I remember making the joke, like, to somebody, or maybe somebody made the joke to me. Actually, you know what? I think it was Mike Lucart making a joke to me. He's like, the Deftones are like a street gang in an 80s movie. They're all like just different races from different races and different backgrounds. <laughs> you know, you'd see like a street gang in an 80s movie and it'd be like a black punk rocker and then like a white biker guy and then like a Vato, loco, you know, like from a, that yeah, one yeah. movie, like a total like Chicano dude, all you know, and they were all like in the same yeah. gang. And it was like, that's pretty cool. Like. The gangs must have like a sharing program where they send members around like an exchange program. But um yeah, yeah he I, uh, he, go, he made the joke was... about that and I always thought that was cool. Like, yeah, the Deftones are a pretty diverse band and like I don't know, they Yeah, I don't, it's just I don't, it's it's cool. They they just always struck me as different and genuine and upon hearing this song like that's the feeling I've got and they became one of my favorite bands like pretty much immediately. Yeah, that was, I think, one of the things that was so nice and refreshing about these guys was, it, I mean, as time went on, it just, with, with the, the new metal scene, it was just like, how, how much more hair can I get sticking up off the top of my heads? How many, how many contact lenses can I put in my eyes? Do they know that I'm scary yet? Like, I'm yeah. odd. I'm different. I wear huge pants and I have a chain around my neck. Am I scaring your parents yet? And it was just like, yeah, hey, there's what, four or five dudes all just kind of fucking playing music. Like, and the, I, I remember this almost like it happened yesterday when I saw them in 98, which is now 22 years ago. <laughs> um, yeah crazy right yeah um, i remember being 16 i remember you know it wasn't my first time in a mosh bed maybe one that big but i remember just seeing i i couldn't really see the 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 band so well because we were kind of 
far back in the in the you know the back of the pit um and i uh am also not very tall uh i have not grown an inch since i was 16 which is fun and has really done well for me <laughs> um but uh i just remember seeing the shadow of chino as he's you know up against the guardrail and he's got his arms out in this christ-like you know position and uh then he'd pull the mic back to his mouth and just scream you know um it, it, it yeah the this song live was like a spiritual moment for me and that's not something that i say that often yeah that's cool man like i oh you know you know what's really fun is just while you were talking there i just decided to look it up and um it seems like a little bit of that set is indeed up on youtube from seattle yeah let's see here yeah like it looks like two songs you got yeah deftones playing lotion in the old kingdom parking lot huh oh we gotta look for a little john in there yeah you're you're not i was not up front that that one was hard oh, it's to get up front it's from for. the back is it yeah oh well so maybe maybe i was filming it maybe you were filming it maybe you're david john jr on youtube oh my god is that you john is that you're david john jr i get it john I never oh my god you, my actual name is david john jr it's been a long time that we've known each other. I, I'm sorry I kept the, the truth from you. Oh, that's my time. name, too. Oh, never mind. I thought you said John Jacob Jingleheimer. Oh. <laughs> Dave John Jr. <laughs> His name is my name, too. Uh, you owe us money now that we've plugged your YouTube page, Dave John Jr. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have now been... Dave uh, John Jr. You've been exposed to all 35 people who are still listening to us after, you know, all of the, the episodes we promised and have not fulfilled. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, do you have anything else to say about Be Quiet and Drive Far Away, Sean? Besides uh, that it's no, a I banger? Don't. All right. Cool. We will move on to the next song and hear a little bit of Lotion. Okay, this song, I forgot this song has some of that rapping in it as well. It's a nice yep. little adrenaline yeah, throwback. if you've never listened to this album before. Oh, yeah, never. Sir. Jesus. <laughs> you fucking poser. Get out of here with your posing shit, you pose. You posing poser. This song uh, has uh, me and uh, my buddy Chris, you know, Chris Johnson. We, uh, like, we had a... Uh, I don't know. It was one of our favorite lines ever from the Deftones was in this song. And it's when he's like, you're just plain boring. Like, yeah, <laughs> I love that well, part so much. I, uh, I, I do have to say that, uh, the, the meaning of the song took on a little bit, uh, uh, different meaning when I accidentally read the lyrics to it. Oh yeah. <laughs> because 
for the longest time, I thought he was saying, you fucking slut, instead of slobs. (laughs) Which, you know, I mean, it still carries the same amount of anger, but, you know, like, when you're listening to this after... You know, you have this girl that breaks up with you because she's fucking another dude. Hey, girls can be this slobs one... too, John. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> it wasn't the same. I mean, yes, they can all be slobs. Everyone can be a slob. And dudes can be sluts. I'm not saying that nobody can be one thing, but I, I, I'm not quite sure that he was in the same mindset that I was in uh 2011 or whatever when i really got heavy back into this album yeah but uh i mean it's still pissed off at someone about Some something that they did that he didn't like they took his lotion and yeah yeah well now jerking I off mean, is just plain boring you. yeah <laughs> if you took my lotion i and then especially if you like I'm guessing that he, you know what this is pro- is what is this about uh, about the band members They're like hey uh, dudes can you stop taking my lotion like I know we're on a tour bus I know that you know we have to share things okay but uh, this is my fucking lotion I bought this at Walmart for yeah. goddamn sakes yeah so then he wrote all these like cuts and the parts you can't understand that are just like making fun of the band and. Like, and yeah. it's like, and, and Stefan's the- riffs are just plain boring. It's like, oh, that's what yeah. he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> and and he, he's calling them slobs because they keep leaving their, their jerk-off rags around, you know, the, 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 the Kleenexes and whatever. And so they're they're just like, you know, once they're they're done with this lotion and they just take the, the rags and they throw it down like off the, the top bunk on the tour bus. He's like, you fucking slob. Did, did he just angry rap that Abe left the cap off the toothpaste? <laughs> he's like and you keep fucking leaving your goddamn beard shavings in the sink and i have to clean it up and and sometimes it gets in my context lens container and (laughs) fucking slobs (laughs) Uh, actually that that little insight uh there there was a uh, problem with an old band I was in and the singer lived with the bassist for a little bit. And uh, when the bassist left on not good terms, um, one of the things that uh, the bassist would say some things, you know, about whatever. And then, you know, the singer, he clarified with, because, oh, yeah, that was the thing. The bassist was saying, you know, he kept getting his his uh, shavings into my 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 uh, contact container, and then I try to put my contacts in, and they'd be filled with hair, and it hurt like a motherfucker. And then the singer had to clarify and be like, he left his contact container open all the time, right next to the sink. <laughs> so I don't know which one was telling the truth or which one was being more of an asshole. It. It doesn't matter anymore, but uh, there was basis for my little joke. <laughs> that was basist for your little joke? Yes. Yes, there was basis, basis and... for the basist joke. The, the, fuck. Never Somebody mind. call Megan Trainer because this <laughs> bit's all about that. Base. Oh. Um, anyway, yeah, I don't know. I like the song. It's fun. It is my least favorite song on the album, but... You know, really? That's like that's oh, I love this song. That's like saying 
I, I, you know, I still like a $1 bill, but, you know, put it up against fives and tens, and it's my least favorite piece of currency. Uh, dude, yeah, well, I guess, I guess you're just taking tens to the strip club. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you're like, I'm fucking balling. I just fucking make it rain. No, I just throw just a one and I say, and I put my hands on my hips and I say, well, that's all I got. And I leave. <laughs> like, well, you know, if you would have gotten ones, you could have stayed longer and had more fun. You're like, nope, I hate one dollar bills. Nope, they're my least favorite. <laughs> all, all right. right. Now, Let's right. move on to the next one. Let's move on to Die the Flu. I dig this song. I think it's melodic new metal mastery, and it really kind of um, I don't know. It's it, I I can really feel Chino's like Depeche Mode influence that he brings into the band every now and then with this song, big time. I would have to say that this is probably my least favorite song on the album. Yeah, I mean. I'm not going to go into thing about, you know, it's like a dollar bill compared to the fives, the tens, the... I mean, of course... No, because I already made that perfect bill. analogy. I already made that... You, you can't make it again. I already did it. <laughs> I, I don't know. It just doesn't have the same... Uh, I don't know. It, I, I don't know. It's kind of too much of the same, but not enough of the same either. You know what I mean? Where... Uh, it's it's all right, you know. It's listenable. I'll listen to it on like full listen throughs, but if it pops up on shuffle, I usually skip through it. Yeah. Well, fuck you. Yeah. All right, we're gonna fight. All right. Let's I'm gonna get this. on the. I'm gonna get on the last train to Clarksville and uh, meet you at the station, and then we're gonna just duke it out. Is that what that Beatles song's about? It, <laughs> the monkeys. Whatever. Same thing, dude. <laughs> Yeah. Same thing. Do you know that the monkeys were, or the Beatles were very influenced by I wasn't, the monkeys? I wasn't raised on the Beatles, so I feel no shame about getting that wrong. I literally don't give a shit. You know, sometimes I wonder how we were Because I liked Rush. No, that wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> it was because you had a Limp Biscuit no. is better than everyone t-shirt. Yeah. And our love for sketch comedy, he realized, oh wait, the only channel this kid is allowed to watch is Comedy Central for some reason, so we can <laughs> reference all the same shit. You know, you know what's weird is... We've seen all the same movies in the past six months, because all Have the Rodney... <laughs> no, I was just saying, like, back in the day, because it was like, all the Rodney Dangerfield movies and uh, <laughs> uh, Soul Man were all playing, so... Yeah. <laughs> um... One of the weirdest things about growing up was, you know, I, I, I knew so many kids that weren't allowed to watch MTV. They weren't allowed to watch Comedy Central. They, I mean, some of them weren't even allowed to watch Fox. Yeah. And 
I, I well, MTV made sense at points. Like, I get why in fifth grade my mom didn't want me watching Madonna at the VMAs or whatever. Like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I, I'm not. But to have but, it be but, like a blanket thing was like a little like, well, what are you doing here? You're just making this seem way cooler than it actually is. <laughs> well, the see, you wouldn't, you didn't let me finish my point. Fuck no. If, if you had, no, it would have made a lot more sense. But so it didn't make much sense to me back then. But and so I, I kind of made a vow to myself that I was never going to, you know, that parent that that uh you know said well you can't watch this or you know you can't watch that without like you know at least trying to understand it myself the funny thing is is i haven't had mtv or mtv2 or any of those other channels for many years i mean i have cable but i i have a package that you know drops all the the, sh the channels that i don't watch so i don't i don't know if my son has even watched a minute of mtv but that's because it's so fucking shitty that I don't mind him not watching it. I mean, it's literally just, you know, fucking reality TV. The worst common denominator is just dumb TV. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen Guar with my kids, so it's not like I'm <laughs> afraid that he's going to hear things that are, you know, a little risque. I mean, and at Noah's age, I think I had discovered uh, Rotten.com by that point, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, and I mean, he's I'm sure there's plenty he's exposed himself to, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's just, I mean, it's just so much worse than, than when we were, when we were 14, I remember I, I rode the bus to my friend Tim's house one day because his family had a computer, and I was like, dude, can I come over so so I can see some boobs on on your on your internet machine? <laughs> and uh, so we yeah we did that, and then we almost got caught, and was like, well, nope, we're never doing that again. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, well, mostly because in order to see eight, boobs, <laughs> you have to wait forty five minutes. <laughs> wait for that picture to load, dude. Yeah, God, like I I, oh. I couldn't imagine. Oh, it's the top of a nipple. A it's the top of a nipple. <laughs> If I, if I was a kid right now, I wouldn't I wouldn't be hydrated. I I'd be I mean with the like my son has his own phone, he has his own computer, he has his own, you know, TV, has everything and it's all hooked up to a very fast internet. How is he not just walking around just jerking off? That's all I'd be doing. I don't know. Like that, that's that's what I was getting at is I I'd have to be hospitalized like every other week. Because they'd be like, how do you keep draining yourself of all of your fluids? I'm like, oh, there's video now. You're like the guy at the end of Scary Movie. Yeah. <laughs> gigantic load. And he just, and he just dehydrates and drains like to a skeleton. Uh. <laughs> all right. Yeah, well, enough anyway. about uh, jerking off. John, before we get to the next song, uh, I did want to mention one thing. Yes? Soulfly! <laughs> this is Head Up.
No, I know we're going to poke fun at Max Cavalera a little here, but you do know what this song is about, right? Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's about how when Max came to him. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It's about his uh, stepson that... Uh, yeah, got, well, you you know the story better. Yeah, he got killed by some in some gang shit, like some uh, just bad shit happened in Rio de Janeiro. Was that, was that? Yeah, I was gonna say it was most likely in Brazil, right? Yeah, yeah, and he was on the bad end of something that happened, and yeah, and so this was this happened like right around the time that Max Cavalera was like leaving Sepultura. And that's a whole... I'm surprised there's not a documentary about that because I cannot wait for when that whole mess gets untangled and put out on blast. Like, I would love to hear that story about how that band fell apart. But, um... This happened, like, right as... Yeah, Max Cavalera was, like, leaving a band he's built with his brother and spent his entire life, you know... I mean, he based his entire life around it. He'd done Sepultura since he was, like, 17 or 18. Really young. Like, they were just little yeah. boys. And, um, yeah, so he's going through this, and then Dana Wells, his stepson, gets murdered, and the dude was just at a loss. And I don't know if, you know, he was already scheduled to do a song with them when this happened or whatever, but um, something to note that, like... The, like, back in the day, like, in the late 90s for OzFest, you know, before rap metal really got huge, before the Limp Biscuit and Corn era of new metal really hit in 99, you know? Um, yeah. Like, there was this... I would always hear, like, stories and shit from interviews, because I was super into looking up all that stuff. I'd always hear, like, this... There was... Back in the day at OzFest, like, it was this really cool thing that Ozzy and Sharon started, because they were like... All these bands need, like, they're not getting booked at fucking Lollapalooza and, and, you know, Lilith Fair's happening and this little festival's happening over here with all these dinosaur acts, like, and nobody's taking care of these guys, like, fuck it, let's do that for them. Like, and, it, you know, it was also to, like, give Ozzy, like, a touring platform, don't get me wrong, like, it's a business decision, but it was also, like... There's tons of bands that aren't getting any notoriety, and if we throw a big festival like Warp Tour or Lollapalooza to get people to check this shit out, like, you know, we could do a lot for metal as a whole, and, um, yeah, so, uh, that's how Chino kind of got buddy-buddy with Max Cavalera, because, you know, all those early OzFest bands, like, the ones that stuck around were, they became good friends through that, those early tours, and, yeah, I don't know, and so, um, yeah, his involvement with this was just kind of like a hangover from Ozfest or whatever, and playing festivals and crap together. And yeah, I don't know. This song is like super heavy new metal mastery. I don't know. It's just super emotional and just very charged. And the 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 corny soulfly part does mean something to me as much as I do make. Fun. <laughs> yeah i like I, in my I, notes I, for this song like all i wrote was so fly <laughs> <laughs> i i absolutely love this song it's i again you know there there's so many songs that are favorites of mine off of this album this is probably right behind if not equal with around the first as being my favorite song on the album. Yeah. I mean, this song is, it's pissed off. It's emotionally charged. 
it's great. But every time that I hear Max Cavalera just go soul fly, it, it reminds me of like, um, like, uh, when, when Frankenstein's monster first comes to life and he's just like, he, he can say two words. And so I, it's been a running joke with me, especially to you. Well, really only to you because you're the only one I know who still listens to this album. <laughs> uh, and and Soulfly was a huge favorite of yours in high school. So you're the only <laughs> one who I really know who who even you know knows who Soulfly is or what Soulfly is or whatever. Um, and and so I usually say that to you to to piss you off, but it is kind of funny to to think that those are the only two words that Max Cavalera knows, <laughs> even though I know I know that it they they aren't. I know he's very well versed in in English and Spanish and whatever. Portuguese. He's a smart Oh, sorry, I forgot that Brazil is Portuguese. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Um, I'm not very smart, so that, that there's that. That I just figure everyone else is not as smart as I am not. <laughs> oh shit. Um, do you have anything else to say about head up? Uh no, although there there was two things about the performance that we saw. Yeah. We got really fucking excited when they started when the opening riff for head up came on. Uh-huh. And and then about halfway through, I kind of was like less excited because uh, um, I I realized that they weren't playing it that well. It was uh, they were a little the music was a little behind, and Chino was not giving it the the uh, the the old Chino ness. Which I, I yeah, don't I think I think Abe was playing it too fast. I think it's that's possible. what I remember. It, like he was just like boom boom da 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 boom da 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 boom boom. You know, and it's like whoa whoa whoa. Chino was down. having a hard time keeping up. It 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 just sounded off. Yeah. I mean, it was great being there. And the the other thing uh, before we get to this last song and eventually wrap this up, I got I got to. <laughs> do you remember how when we were walking towards the stage, and there was like six of us and we're all trying to get as close as we can. And we kept walking by people. And at one point, you know, someone, one of us would just be like, okay, you know, break. And then we'd like, just kind of keep walking. And some of I heard someone behind us go, what is this? A conga line full of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that still makes me laugh. And I still think about it every time I listen to this album. <laughs> Uh, good God. All right, well, let's move on to the next song. And uh, good. the last one on the album. Let's hear a little bit of Motocross, or MX, as it's more commonly known. The song to me almost sounds like a uh, a uh, a more serious take uh, on on a track that would belong on Faith No More's Angel Dust, if that makes any sense. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, like because that album is a lot of tongue in cheek humor. I mean, there's a song called Jizzlobber on that album, and there's yeah. a song called Everything's Ruined that's 
kind of fun and you know there's a lot of well, silly know, stuff on that album and uh i feel like this album kind of like harnessed what faith no more was almost doing with that album and king for a day well king for a day came out after this one but more with angel dust where it, it's it's just this atypical heavy rock but faith no more was always winking or 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 being funny in some way when they weren't being totally deep and deftones never do that there's like no humor in deftones music you know what no, i mean no no there is i mean but that that's one of the things that i do love about this there is there is almost like i don't know i mean there there is kind of like like a not uh, maybe not a humor to it but they're like we're gonna touch on a subject that's not you know, you know it, it it's not really something that most people would um well, i just think that comes from i don't know they just i don't think they ever gave a fuck in in and not a very in not a chaotic way you know yeah 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 but just kind and, of like you know, this is how i write is... lyrics i don't give it i'm not trying to write about fucking feelings every goddamn song <laughs> you know i don't know like yeah well i mean there was always every was, song that's there, what i'm trying to say well there there's a lot of angst in the song oh yeah but i'm just i'm not saying with i mean i just meant his writing style in general as opposed to a lot of yeah. new metal which well, there's there um god what, what's the way to put it you know, when and some of the the conversations I heard people, you know, talking about Chino's lyrics, um, there was, well, what do you think he meant by this? And do, do, I mean, do you really think that he's for like domestic violence? And and it's like, no, you know, there's a lot of metaphor there. There's a lot of you know, uh, uh, bringing up stuff. It, the thing that I love about this song is, is that again, it's it's he understands the calm before the storm he understands what it's like to be in a bad place yeah um and just because you're in a bad place which i've been in plenty of times we've all been in doesn't mean that you know you're going to to you know just erupt and kill someone and you know the it so i i i actually you know this is one of those songs that i put into the category of probably wouldn't write it nowadays um just because of the i think the backlash would have been you know there was no real backlash besides maybe a few writers being like man masculine band that's heavy writes masculine song um and and not really pay attention to the, the artiness of it or or you know what it really means that one of the things this is actually right up there just be just behind head up in my favorite song in the album and one of the things i love is kind of the interplay between dumb you know boyfriend and dumb girlfriend where he's just like yeah you know you're pissing me off and then she's like well what are you gonna give me you know like there, the, there's so many you know especially when you when you kind of have when you've been through a really shitty relationship I think this song really speaks to you no matter who you are, no, no matter what sex you are. Well, yeah, I think uh, that I think the difference is like, even though it has kind of like a universal appeal to being really pissed off in a situation like that or, you know, feeling a certain way, like it's pretty clear he's talking about something pretty particular, you know, he's it's it's clear that it's he's talking about something that happened to him, you know? 
rather yeah. than just making a general fucking this is how it always is kind of like you know yeah. i don't know well and and you know the i i don't know i i think that that certain things it, you know and then a lot of the 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 discussions i've heard over the years of about music where you know i mean there was even person that i had seen on facebook right that well she wasn't sure she should ever listen down by the river by neil young ever again and i'm like that is an amazing song the emotions in that and just because it has the line you know down by the river i shot my baby it's yeah. not like hey guys i shot my baby i can go drinking this weekend you know like it's it's a somber extremely emotion-filled song He's not, you know, there isn't anything praise and murdering your, your loved one. Um, no, it's just, some a, people it's just a, don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I absolutely love this song. Um, the one thing I hate about it though, is the, what, 25 minutes of fucking silence. Oh, before the secret track. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the thing I hate the most about it is when i was working at target i you know i'd be listening to this album say like um the song would end and then uh someone would you know like a boss or something would need my attention um so i'd be like oh album's over it's stopped i don't need to touch anything on my phone or my mp3 player um i can just do whatever they want and then i you know go upon my business and whatever and i still have my earbuds in and then I just would get shocked every fucking time because I forget that it was still playing. <laughs> I remember one time on a road trip with my family, um, this song woke me up because, yeah, I fell asleep listening to the CD and then just in my headphones after I fell asleep, it was just <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, do you have anything else to say about the song, John? Nope. Uh, I love it. I love this album. Um, I don't love you. That's what I really needed to say. <laughs> oh, and real it's quick, over. Um, we, if you want to hear our review on the secret track, um, keep listening to the podcast for about another half hour, and we'll be putting <laughs> yeah. it right where. No, Damone. That song is called Damone. It's a pretty good song. It's you know, it's fine. It's good. I, it's not I one mean, of my favorite Deftones songs, but I don't, and I don't think it's bad. Like, yeah, it's, it's not terrible. I don't listen to it pretty much ever because it's a lot of work nowadays to, you know, either pull the phone out and skip through. If you're driving in a car, like, yeah, the 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 thing. It, I mean, I am sure that I could hold down the 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 scan button or something on my on my car to maybe scan through my phone. I don't know. I haven't tried it, but most of the time I usually, if I hit the button, it just skips to the next track and whatever. And so I just, I, I rarely ever listen to the song. Gotcha. Gotcha. No. Well, shit there. That's around the fur. That's how we feel about it. Um, yeah, looks like I get to pick the next album. I'm going to have you help me out with this one though. Uh, are we okay. gonna are we gonna do heavy or weird next review? Uh, can't we do safe and poppy? <laughs> no, heavy or weird. Which one? 
That's gonna help. Let's go weird. Okay, cool. Well, I know you actually like this album, so this will be a fun one. All right, our next okay. episode is gonna be on the classic album by Japan's Melt Banana Fetch, and I cannot wait to talk about Melt Bananas Fetch with you. Oh wow, I have not listened to this one in a long time. Oh yeah, let's get back into it and discuss it. Um, and yeah, I fucking can't wait. I'm super stoked. Well, John, do awesome. you have anything else to add? Uh, that I just pooped my pants and I should probably see a doctor because it is a lot of blood. Nice! All right. (laughs) Well, on that note... Congratulations! (laughs) On that note, uh, I'm going to bid you all a goodbye. So, uh, next week, listen to... Or next... For two weeks from now, make sure you're checking out uh, Fetch by Mount Banana. Get ready for the episode, and we'll see you then. So, from me, from John, we wish you all a goodbye. Goodbye!